Moncrief with Energlaze on News Talk. Now, there are no strangers here, only friends you haven't met yet. Everyone who takes part in next month's Dublin Marathon will receive a medal inscribed with those words, along with a portrait of WB Yeats. Go on Google and you'll file multiple sites crediting him with the words. But like much else on the internet, it doesn't seem to be true. There's no evidence he ever said or wrote it. And the 23,000 odd medals have already been produced. Oh dear. We're joined by Susan O'Keefe, Director of the Yates Society Sligo. Afternoon, Susan. Good afternoon, Sean. Good to be with you. I, I assume they didn't check with you beforehand. Well, they didn't, and I, su- I suspect they didn't, because as you say, you know, when you go online to check that particular quote, uh, you'll find that it's attributed to Yeats right, left and centre. No matter which list you look at of quotes by Yeats, it always comes up, I guess, largely because it's such a nice sentiment. And mm. um, so I think that's where they uh, they took it from. And they would have been doing, you know, the good thing. And they were looking for something appropriate for this sort of spirit of the marathon. Yeah, Do you have any idea how it came to be attributed to him? I don't. Like many of those things, it has a a long string from it. And I suspect it happened many decades ago. Uh, Often, you know, people, WB Yeats himself might have said, someone else said that, but he was reported as having said it. And then it just caught on because, of course, he was famous and becoming famous in his own lifetime. And people often like to attribute quotes to famous people. You know, famous presidents, famous um, musicians, famous actors, famous writers and poets. It's it's a common theme when you become very famous that things get attributed to you. But I guess the the marathon people, you know, preparing and thinking about things like, you know, getting everybody safely through the marathon and checking their crash barriers and stuff, probably didn't think to treble check the quote because they would have thought, well, if it's there over and again online, it's probably true. Yeah, it just happens not to be in this case. Yes, uh, if, yeah. If 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 all the if Mark Twain said all the things Mark Twain was supposed to have said, he'd probably still be alive saying all those That's things. Exactly, he'd be saying all those things for the rest <laughs> of his life for sure. You're completely right, and 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 it is the mark of. It's almost like the mark of a great person when you're misquoted, mm. and so in a way, I rather like the fact that in this strange way, as part of, of course, the celebrations that are marking the centenary of the Nobel Prize this year. It's 100 years. He was the first Irish person to win the prize. And we are the official partner with the Department of Arts and Culture for that for that event. It's the last, in fact, of the official decade of commemorations. If you like, Ireland being born as a new nation is what we've been looking at over the last 10 years. So we've been busy, obviously, preparing for that. Um, and Dublin City Marathon, you know, thought, let's do a nice thing here and let's mm-hmm. remember Yates this year because it's his centenary. So in good faith, they went out in, in really good faith to do the good thing. Um, it's just unfortunate that they they picked something, I suppose, that reflected their own ethos. Yeah. And it happens to be someone else's words or perhaps a co- corruption of several people's words. Yeah, because I, well, I was, I kind of disappeared down a rabbit hole uh, earlier on today trying to figure out where he came from. And not not exactly those words, but more or less that sentiment was attributed to a long list of people in newspapers. There's a line from like that in in The Simpsons, even. Uh, and but it, it does seem like there was an advert placed by would it have been Bord Falsha in the early sixties, but in the New York Times with that quote in it. But they don't describe it to Yates. It's to describe uh, coming to Ireland and being in a pub. So maybe by association it happened that way. 
Yeah. And you see, you can imagine maybe, you know, years ago, Yates would have been giving a talk because remember, he did a lot of lectures, both in America. He traveled extensively on the East and West Coast and to Canada. And mm. not, as the, the line goes, not a lot of people know that. Um, and he would have spoken many times and been reported many times by the local newspapers who would have been kind of excited by this visiting poet. And, you know, he could have used a corruption of those words or quoted someone else at the time but it got mixed up and attributed to him. So those things are very hard to trace back. Um, and, you know, through all the libraries of archive and through all, all the things he's written, so many academics have poured over his words, both in essays, in poetry, in drama, in articles, in book reviews. Uh, they've poured over it for many reasons, but no one's ever actually been able to say, ah, there's that line. Yeah. So I do think it, 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 it's come about in a number of ways. And much as we, you know, been working hard here to to put a program together for the centenary, uh, equally, you know, Dublin Marathon, we're, we're also like working hard to make something special. Um, and I like the idea of 22,000 people or so going home with with WB8 uh, close to their heart. Uh, as they as they recover for the next few days after their <laughs> yes. after their literal marathon, the quote itself, Susan. I don't want to put you on the spot mm. because it's a kind of a counterfactual question. But is it the kind of thing he would have said, or in there's a there's a slight bang of tea towel aphorism of it? Well, I suppose there is. That's a very good description. Uh, I, I think there is now, of course, because we've all seen it so many times, as you say, back in the 1960s. You'll have seen it in pubs, you'll have seen it on posters in people's bedsits. You know, it occurs all the time. And so it's kind of become common parlance for us. It's very hard to say. I mean, W.B. Yeats would put on his poetry hat when he was writing poetry. And in fact, he's one of those people that was so fastidious about every word. In fact, there have been books and papers written about his own corrections and the corrections that he made to so many of his works. And he was one of those people he almost couldn't you know, leave it alone. Mm. Uh, he'd always have another word to correct. Uh, sometimes I'm sure his wife had to tear the sheets off him and say, it's okay, you can publish them now, uh, Willie, it's fine. Um, so I think it was different then if he was speaking, uh, if he was giving a talk, for example, or if he was uh, writing a review where he wouldn't have had his poetry hat on or his drama hat on. And so he could have said anything in truth because people speak differently uh, in normal life than they do when they're when they're if they're creative people writing their own works. So it is, of course, it's plausible that he could have said something like that or some corruption of it. There just isn't any hard-nosed proof. Mm. And he, he was prolific, but equally so, you know, he was born in 1865. He has survived through the 19th, the 20th, and now the 21st century. He is indeed a global poet. Um, there's hardly anyone that stands up, uh, leaving William Shakespeare out, uh, you know, that, that would there would be a match for him in terms of the way people know him. Uh, and yet there's been just no proof at all. So I, you know, I think maybe he's smiling down and thinking, hmm, maybe I should have said that, um, but I didn't. <laughs> and, and and of course, the joke could be, as you were down the rabbit hole there a moment um, ago, Sean, those people running the marathon, some of them probably will feel like they're down a rabbit hole too. Um, <laughs> but um, he, he, you know, the tread softly because you tread on my dreams quote would also have been a, a quote that might have been used and, mm. and might have a smile to people or, you know, you're treading on my personal best. Um, but, uh, you know, the thing is that Yeats is is very dear to our hearts and 
you know, we're actually launching this weekend the first official event. We have um, his play called <laughs> called Purgatory, oddly enough, um, <laughs> uh, which we're, we're putting on at a secret location in North Sligo. Secret because no play has ever been performed there. It's a site associated with Yates that's not, never been open to the public before. And so we're putting on that performance on Saturday evening, Saturday the 16th of September at 8.30, because he talked a lot about his drama when he won the Nobel Prize, um, and it was very important to him. Yes. So Yeats, Yeats was, held his words very dear. You know, he was quite careful with them. Yes. But, so I'd wonder, is he smiling uh, down, Susan, or might he be scowling uh, down, saying, scowling I wouldn't down. say it in that order? Well, in fairness, you could be right, of course, because he, he used to scowl when people would ask him to read the Lake Isle of Inish Free, for example. And of <laughs> yeah. course, that's a poem that I will arise and go now. Lots of people know it. Thousands of people know, hundreds of thousands probably. But he used to scowl because it was so popular. And a bit of him was thinking, well, look at all those other 394 poems that I've written. Why don't they read them? You know, so it was almost like, why have you picked this one to like? I prefer some of the other ones. But yeah. of course, you know, you you and I have both been to, to, to rock concerts where the... Um, where the, the person on stage doesn't play our favourite song, <laughs> Croft. You know, so it's a bit like that. Um, they get they also get sick of their own uh, most popular ones. And maybe he's sick of it now too. But, you know, I think he was very tall and lanky himself. Maybe he would have made a good marathon runner. Um, the thing that probably would have stopped him was that his eyesight was quite poor. Mm. Um, so he might have stumbled over the uh, 22,000 people running alongside him. Um, but I do like the idea of him perhaps... Uh, I prefer to think of him as smiling, Jean. You know. Yes. Okay. That's it's, a better, it's a better image. It's a better image. And, and you know, we're we're delighted um, that 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 Dublin City Marathon thought of that idea. It's a really lovely way of of broadening out the the, the sort of Yates story and 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 bringing it to a place of passion. Because let's face it, those twenty two thousand people that are running that day are passionate. Either passionate about raising money for good causes, which is always a great thing to do at a marathon, and then those other guys. Um, who are, you know, pounding the streets for months and preparing and eating their their green spiral or, or, or drinking their uh, ginger tea to make them fit and, and able for the for the marathon. You know, they're all very passionate and it'll be a great day of passion. And it's great to have Yates, you know, associated with that kind of passion. Yes. Yeah, uh, you're being very positive about it, Susan. I, am. I must say, I am. You, actually, you reminded there's a story. I know it's possibly an apocryphal story, really, but about James Joyce that that he's in Paris and he meets someone and they say, "Did you write today?" And he said, "I did." And he said, "How much did you?" Write? He said, "I wrote a sentence." And uh, the person says, "Oh, did you find it hard to find the right words?" He says, "No, I had the words. I just didn't know what order to put them into." Uh, that's a very Joycean thing. It's a great story. It's a great story. And it's perfect for Joyce. And one feels it is the absolutely apt apocryphal story. Yes. Uh, and, 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 and of course, we'll, we'll never know because, I mean, Joyce was very much the kind of fellow who would hang out at night in, in the bars and have a few glasses of lovely wine and hope that someone else might pay for it. Mm. He was quite sociable, much more sociable than Yates, in fact. Yates was mm. terribly shy, in truth. And people used to think, I think, that he was quite imperial, imperious uh, in his manner. But actually, a lot of the time it was because he couldn't really see people terribly well. Uh, and he had that air about him with his silver hair as he grew older that, you know, he was very aristocratic and, and very important. But actually, in real life, he was just quite shy and couldn't see very well. Yeah. Um, so, And he kind of covered that then uh, quite well if he was in public. But he didn't seek out those kind of that kind of life that Joyce was very comfortable with. 
mm. which is quite interesting, really, because, you know, they were contemporaries. Um, but Joyce was far more uh, willing and, and interested in hanging out with people. Um, and Yeats didn't do that. Yeah, possibly another mm. apocryphal story, but there was one I heard, I, I think I read that Yeats and James Stevens were neighbours, but never knew because... Yates was always staring at the pavement when they passed and, and James Stevens was always staring up at the sky. I think it might have been George Russell. Ah, anyway. yes, you're right, actually. <laughs> yes, it might have been George Russell. Yeah, absolutely. But you see, that's how things, see, that's exactly it, Sean. You've, you've nailed it there. Um, I'm propagating the problem. Stories start, <laughs> and they do. And people, you know, we all love a bit of a yarn. We love a bit of a story. Uh, and this is proof, actually, of this, that, that, that so many people have been interested. I've been kind of running a marathon myself, uh, uh, over the last few days talking about it because people are genuinely interested in this kind of thing and and they do appreciate kind of knowing a little bit more about it then when they kind of get stuck into it. Um, and so, you know, we say to people, look, if you only like one poem of Yeats, you know, that's your Yeats. Don't worry about the other 396 that you never got to read or didn't particularly like. You know, take the parts you do like. Uh, we find that sometimes people come into us here in Sligo in, in the Yeats building and they kind of worry about the fact that they don't read a lot of poetry or they don't know it. And I always say to them, relax, you know. It's just like any musician. You might like two songs by by you two, or you might like twenty-two. Mm. But that's okay, you know. It yeah. doesn't it doesn't reduce the value of the ones you love. So if you only like one poem, you know, like that one, uh, the one that you choose, and 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 that's your Yeats. Yeah. Um, when when- wasn't. Uh, yeah, go on. So I was going to, just because I'm running out of time here, when are you going to yeah. announce where Purgatory is being staged? Oh, well, you get when you buy your ticket and you come to the car park in Drumcliff Church at 8pm on Saturday night, you will then be escorted uh, to the location. Oh, so we're doing right. our best to keep it a real secret because we know that people love to go on a little journey uh, to an event. It, it sort of, you know, it adds to the it adds to the whole thing. And Purgatory is a very... You know, it's a dark kind of mysterious kind of play. And so we just kind of want to to lend a little bit more to that so people get into the mood of turning up on site and then being really involved in the play. That's intriguing. Susan, thank you so much for speaking with us today. That was Susan O'Keefe there, director of the Yates Society at Sligo. One texter says, it seems to me the way poetry in Ireland is viewed seems quite stagnant. We celebrate the same few poets from a century ago over and over and over. And meanwhile, people who are creating today and the last few decades are ignored by the public, feel stuck in the past. But then again, poetry just doesn't have the same mass appeal as music, uh, etc. Well, yeah, there's a lot in there. At the same time, many... uh, a lot of music is kind of a form of poetry, you could argue. And there are working poets today, still Irish working poets, doing tremendous work, I suppose, in the, in, you know, in the Yeats, as uh, Susan was just saying there, uh, won the Nobel Prize a century ago. So there's a very distinct reason why we'd be talking a lot about him today. Uh, another text that says, Michael Caine never said the thing he is best known for saying, not the blow the door off one, the other one, but not a lot of people know that. Uh, okay, the other one then. Uh, and someone wants to know, came in late, what was the quote? Oh, the quote misattributed um, uh, uh, to him was, uh, it, it is this, it is there are no strangers here, only friends you haven't met yet, which if you're running the Dublin Marathon, you will get a medal with that written on it, but there's no evidence uh, that uh, Yates ever said it or wrote it. Moncrief, weekdays at 2pm. With Anna Glaze. On News Talk.